everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm fine. Let's, let's fight about something, Robbie. Let's let's make it about families and kids this time. Oh, right. We're yeah, kind of like I'm trying to like I really am trying to come up with something clever, Matt. That I just I think this episode has like destroyed the clever center of my brain, so I don't have any witty i don't have any wisdoms left uh hi guys we are brought to you by our supporters on patreon you can you can support us by going to patreon.com slash the simpson show for only two dollars a month gain access to all of our bonus content we have some people to thank matthew fantastic uh we have let's see mike bowman thank you mike thank you mike tim besmino besino something like that thank you tim thank you tim and james warwick thank you james wow three that's crazy thank you james mm-hmm three it's crazy three new great people to thank three that. new people we thought everyone had already found this place already <laughs> no there's i guess we get messages all the time people just discovered the podcast uh this week's episode is him <clears throat> marge versus singles seniors childless couples and teens and gays what a title what a everyone who's not a child or a parent what a terrible title this is episode FABFO3, originally aired January 4th, 2004. We've gotten to 2004, Matt. Thank goodness. That's It's going get, to get better soon, right? I graduated high school in 2004. Oh, wow. You young. Written by John V, directed by Bob Anderson, received a 6.7 rating, which is approximately 12 million viewers. The couch gag. The Simpsons sit on the couch as normal. Knives are hurled at them, but hit the wall. Homer tries to get a bowl of chips, but another knife stops him. It's a cute little, cute little couch gag. Yeah. Um, short and sweet, which is not what this episode is. Um, it does seem to go on forever. I, oh boy. Um, I don't know. Okay, so the episode starts with Bart and Lisa watching television. We get a Steve Irwin, Steve Irwin analog on television. We get killed by a crocodile, which I would give the Simpsons credit for predicting that. You know, Steve Irwin getting killed by an animal, but... Everyone predicted that. I know, that's not... Hmm, yeah, it's not like, you know, you didn't have to... That's not too big a stretch. Um, but Bart and Lisa are fighting over what to watch on television. Um, but eventually, they... they're You know, they're fighting over the remote, flipping back and forth between different shows. Eventually, they land on a thinly veiled Raffi parody called Rufy. I like ice cream. I like ice cream. How about you? Look, Maggie, a show for babies. Topped with chocolate syrup. Topped with chocolate syrup. Whipped cream, too. Whipped cream, too. Mom, that's Rufy. His music is why babies are idiots. Well, Maggie likes Rufy, and babies only like good things. Why don't you let us watch TV and get her a Rufy CD? Bart. Won't they all take on my oofy right as a e say e days? I wait ought nay. Ought wait ood ke o get ongre. Il say I be am they oop it stay. Way on a I a as way on gay unsway ute. Upcray. I do appreciate the pig Latin, but first of all, Marge's supposition that babies only like good things is just one of the wrongest things I've ever seen in my life. Babies like everything, and most of it's terrible for them. They're. I don't know. They're babies. Like, then what do they know? They don't. You can just like they just like stimulus. They don't. You know. Uh, exactly. It, and most it, of that's bad. 
Yeah, but I don't blame the babies. It's not baby's fault. The parents. No, I, you don't blame the babies. I'm just saying I, I blame Marge for saying, "Oh, babies only like good things." No, Marge. Just because your baby likes something doesn't I, mean it's I, good. I mean, that's some. It's Marge. I'm like that. I can. That doesn't. It doesn't. You know, it doesn't strike me as unMarge like. Um, first of all, Matt, I Rufy. I know that is a messed up name for this. I'm like, whoa, guys, you could have picked a lot of other things that would make it very obvious who you're parodying. That should not have been one of them. I like first, like one, as far as I can tell, Raffi is actually a genuinely good person, or at least largely tries to be. Seems like he's. he's a, Oh, Raffi, sorry. Raffi. Yeah, because Rufy's a jerk. No, Rufy's a jerk. Raffi, the real person, the real guy, the real entertainer, seems like he genuinely wants to help people. Um, Whatever. Like, doesn't mean you can't parody him, but naming him Rufy, it's not that it's, like, distasteful, honestly. It's more just lazy. Like, really? That's what we come up with, guys? Rufy? That's the best you can do? Um, It feels like they had a long list of ideas, and they just went, the first one, Rufy. Oh, that's fine. Rufy's fine. Um... Uh, so, the, Maggie has d- discovered Rufy and loves him. Is I'm also upset, man. I think I'm also upset because I'm gonna have to say the word Rufy like about a hundred times over the length of this podcast, yeah. and I really don't want to do that, but I'm gonna have to because he's very he's he's integral for about this at least the first act. Then he disappears because God forbid anything in the first act of an episode continue on. So Marge buys a Rufy CD and plays it. All the time. All the time. I'm going to play a I'm gonna play a clip of this, and I promise it's the only time I'm going to play it. We will not hear this ever again, except for this clip. One, two, tie your shoe. Three, four, pick up the floor. Five, six, don't play tricks. Seven, eight, clean your plate. Nine, ten, start to work again. One, two, tie your shoe. Okay, so that was 37 seconds, Matt. How long did that feel? That felt like at least four minutes. It felt like eternity, and the pro I they that song continues on for a long time in the episode, and it's supposed to you know push oh like like it's driving everyone in the family crazy except for Marge and Mikey, Bart, Lisa, Homer all hate it, can't stand it, want to destroy the want to destroy the CD and everything playing it. They don't want to go home from school. Bart accident well not accidentally Bart kills a hamster by giving it coffee which i don't know if that would kill a hamster or not but whatever um depends on how much i assume. i guess so uh but the hamster dies and and miss carol doesn't care um so but i understand like they're trying to make us empathize with the family by playing this terrible annoying song for so long because then we understand what the family is going through i i can't why, why would you it may, I really wanted to just turn off the episode right then. I did not want to watch any more of it because it's a solid like three, four minutes of ba 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 over and over and over again. And there's no, it's not funny. It's just annoying. It's very, very annoying. Very annoying. We get it. We get it after the first few seconds. We got it, guys. Okay. Um. But then we discover that Rufy is coming to Springfield. Isn't that exciting, Matt? There's going to be a concert. Which means we get more Rufy. More Ugh. Rufy. Yeah. So Rufy's coming to Springfield, and there's a, a spiel about 
Rufy wanting to sell tickets and you should make out a check to Rufy. Uh, sure. Why not? And, like, that's the thing I can, like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna actually target a thing about, about these, all these different kids' entertainment options, which, all by the way, all these early 2000s, like, Raffi and, and uh, the, the Teletubbies, Teletubbies and all that, that, so, they look so innocent now, compared to the terrifying crap on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Ugh. God, I, 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 neither Matt nor I have children, uh, so we don't, but I would, I would be, I would keep, I would not let my children look, look at a YouTube because there is some terrifying kids, kids, quote unquote, entertainment on there and whatever the false Raffi or the Teletubbies or any of that stuff has, it is nothing near what's the, the weird stuff that pops up on YouTube. Marge gets tickets. She has to fight off, fight them off, fight off people for them. Uh, but. She gets tickets to the concert. Um, now Matt, mm-hmm. you know what Woodstock is? Uh, I believe I do know what Woodstock is. Do you know who doesn't know who Woodstock? What Woodstock was? Um, babies. Babies don't know what Woodstock is, but there is roughly there's a big montage here of a couple, few minutes of uh, we get uh, Rolling Stones, um, "Give Me Shelter," which is a great song. Love "Give Me Shelter," uh, but. They, it's just like that's the joke. Is this this Rufy concert is like Woodstock for babies? Uh, they pass around a pacifier. They're dancing around naked. Like it's 2003. Wouldn't couldn't you just do like Woodstock '99? It's like right there, right where you had like Limp Bizkit, like break doing break stuff, and like the everything gets burnt down and it gets. That, and there's a riot. I think they realize at this point that their target audience for The Simpsons definitely skews older, so that if they had parried Woodstock 99 instead, a lot of them would not have gotten the jokes. Well, Matt, you know how you keep your audience young? If you want to appeal to a younger audience, you keep your references to that, like, target a younger audience. And it's not like Woodstock 99 wasn't in the news, so I don't know what... I, okay, I don't... Whatever. It's fine, it just feels like... It was 1969, that's over 30 years ago. Like, I don't know. Uh, and also, like, they've, I don't, it's not, not that funny. There's really not, I can't think of laughs. I was really, this made me, you know what this episode made me feel, Matt? I do not know. Tired. It made me feel tired. Uh, the whole time. So, it's like Woodstock. That's what this, jo- the joke is for the next three three minutes or so. The second half of Act of act One is basically the, 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 the joke is, oh, it's like Woodstock. But for with babies instead of adult hippies, so the concert's a mess. Uh, it starts raining. All the kids get cranky and upset, and it turns into what amounts to a baby riot. Oh no! It's raining, and Maggie's diapers are extra absorbent. <laughs> How's the crowd, Steve? Awful fussy. You kidding me? Did you make funny faces? You did? Did you jiggle your keys? I did it all, man. And now, here's Rufy. Sing the nonsense song with me. Yum, yum, wow. Whoopie, wee. Flippity, flabbity. One, two, three. Wow! Okay, who threw that? Who threw it? Applause.
play date with disaster at Cletus's farm. I'm at the first aid tent where overwhelmed doctors are trying to sort out the owies from the boo-boos. Now I'm told we have the leader of the babies on the line. Tyler, is there uh, a peaceful solution possible? <laughs> right, that's it. Show's over. Five, six, so long hits. So, I, I throw Rufy cancels the concert. Uh, the it goes crazy, and the police have to club the babies. And then things get too bad, and they have to tummy kiss their way out. And tummy kiss their. That's I don't mind that at all, Matt. But it is two episodes in a row where children babies are assaulted by adults. I just oh, want to yeah. make just want to make that clear. Two episodes in a row, we have had that now. Um. So this is. This is the impetus. This is the inciting incident, as we have said, to the plot of the episode, I guess. I guess. Uh, I. Mm. You know what's interesting, Robbie? Uh, for my trivia today, uh, I'm going to let you know the secret. It's from Bart Sells' Soul, uh, because uh, my wife made a joke about it, so I decided to watch it, and it became my trivia source for the day. Uh, I watched that episode. It's a good episode. It's a great episode, in fact. I'm pretty sure it's near the top of our list. Uh Two minutes and 40 seconds, they get to the actual point of the episode. How, what are we at right here? At the end of Act 1, we finally gotten close? We, we go to we go to commercial seven minutes and 50, nearly eight minutes, seven minutes, 58 seconds. Oh my gosh. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 So that's where we are. Anyway, so when we come back from commercial, uh, we see the aftermath of the Rufy concert where Cletus's farm has been practically destroyed. It, it completely wrecked. Uh, we get lots of jokes about yokels, uh, about scratching their butts and hiking up their pants and... Okay, Matt, can I... Whatever. Let's can, can I... I'm going to ask you a question. We're, are we, the audience, supposed to believe that rampaging babies did all this, caused this destruction? Obviously, Robbie. Yeah. Don't you know how strong babies are? Babies are like chimps. They, they're like eight times as strong as a normal human. Mm-hmm. I, that's... I, I'm just just saying, if you want me to like buy in at any point to your plot, the threat has to be something that's like real and not outlandishly cartoonish, not literally, literally packs of rampaging, riding babies destroyed a farm. Babies, Matt. Babies. Uh-huh. Well, I- like I, like Mars versus the monorail, it made me. This is like obviously Mars versus right. I right. thought of Mars versus the monorail a lot. In Mars versus the monorail, the reason they want a monorail, they like there's a town meeting, like the same thing in this. Like you're about to segue into the town meeting. Mars versus monorail, there's a town meeting, and this 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 con man comes in and talks the town into getting a monorail. Versus actually fixing their problems. But it is demonstrated. Okay, I can... just play your clip. I'll talk. Okay. Uh, so, yes, uh, Cletus's farm has been destroyed, and then we get to the clown meeting. The clown meeting. Well, clown it, meeting. It is a clown meeting. <laughs> the, the, the town <laughs> meeting, uh, where they have a revolt from all the non parents in town. Good evening. I'm Lindsay Nagel, and I am the founder of Saskatagap, single seniors, childless couples, and teens and gays against parasitic parents. Get your name. 
We're tired of picking up the bills for other people's kids. We already pay millions every year in school taxes. Excuse me, everyone. I'm a mother. And I'm an American. I bake apple pies. And I love baseball. Save your breath for blowing up water wings, breeder. I dream of an America with nudity and F-words on network TV, where the whole world doesn't stop because a school bus did. Children are the future. Today belongs to me. You can't change the rules in the middle of the game. We never would have had these kids if we thought we had to pay for them. Promises were made. Hey, tough tortellini. I'm sick of printing a children's menu. Let Mickey Meatball find his own way out of the maze. Pui. We're tired of buying overpriced tickets for your lousy school plays. Then how would we ever get to see Camelot? We'll merely watch the movie on tape. Is that better? To me, Ralph Wiggum is Sir Lancelot. If ever I would leave you, it wouldn't be in summer! Ladies and gentlemen, let's kill every child friendly thing in town! Yeah! It's time to put away childish things and become a man. So yeah, sorry that was a bit long, uh, but that's basically the entire uh, transformation of the town from a town that is normal to a town that now hates children. Uh, which, again, as a as one of the childless couples, uh, I, I'm for a refocusing of society slightly less away, but not quite to the point where you destroyed every child-friendly thing in town. We just need to isolate children and study them for what <laughs> minerals and uh, fluids they have that we can use to be more productive. I would argue that we definitely, I mean, children, I, the children of the day are the adults of the future, Matt, and we're going to have to live with them. So I'd like them to be, you know, socialized correctly. Uh, yeah, um, that's probably smart. So, yeah, I, this that's the problem. That's the problem this episode. Because in Mars vs. the Monorail, I was talking earlier, I wanted to let, let the clip play first. Mars vs. the Monorail, you have you have Lyle Lanley come in and he has this fantastical, this ridiculous idea. We need a monorail. And like, no, you don't. Springfield doesn't mon- need a monorail. Lisa says like she has very cogent arguments about like, no, Springfield's a small town. We don't need a monorail. And what Mars wants is a very boring, mundane thing. They get all this money from Mr. Burns, and Mars wants to use that money in a very mundane way to fix the roads in town. Very Obviously, bo- in this case, Mars is correct, and they should also invest in a bus service. Monorail, no point. Bus service also uses those roads and reduces traffic. Win-win. Right. But that's the whole thing. There's a contrast there in, in Mars versus Monorail. The contrast is... Marge wants this boring, mundane, but very useful solution to fix the roads. And Lyle Landley is this con man who sings a song and like, yeah, monorail. And everyone gets caught up in the idea of the monorail. In this, it is families versus non-families. And there's an impetus, a big, like a, a big driving force, an inciting incident, both literally and figuratively, that makes all the childless people angry at families for taking the money because it's going to cost the money to fix this all this damage done but the problem is the damage is done by a ridiculous cause by something that is not believable at any like zero percent believable the rampaging babies aren't a thing you you're not gonna just because you show me this stupid concert and all the babies being upset that's not gonna make me believe that they went on rampage and destroyed a farm and did a lot of damage to the city 
you, you, what you would, what you should have done, I, I, I don't know why they didn't, is you make it a mundane thing. You make it like, oh, the kids need a lot of money for something. The school burns down. They need to rebuild the school. Or something even more like tangential to that, like an after school program. Something that is applicable to the preschool, babysitters, something. But make it mundane, make it believable. Because then the single people, the 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 childless people, I'm not going to call them their stupid acronym, and they're sh- it's the worst. I hate it because uh. it's late. Like there's no joke. That's not a joke, guys. Going oh, there's Saskatchewan Gap. The joke is there. There's it's really long and annoying. I'm like okay, that's not a good joke. That's not funny uh, for more than like three seconds. Um, so. When you have them go, oh, we have to, sp- we're upset because we have to spend money on kids. I go, okay. I mean, yeah, I would be too. But unfortunately, you're spending money on rampaging babies. Like, what? Like, might as well just, I'm watching Looney Tunes. This isn't real. Like, right. there's no, there's no rivalry here. There's no conflict. Because I just go, oh, well, there, yeah, I'd be upset too, but it doesn't make any sense. Like, I'm not invested in the, in the conflict of this episode because I don't care. Like, about rampaging babies that doesn't make any none of it makes any sense so when they're rege- when they're rebelling against it it just makes them look foolish as well like lindsay lindsay nagel going oh i don't want to spend that money i'm like okay well like if it was a real problem that like they would be rejecting against that has of both sides like this is what the simpsons are trying to do in this episode is like having like a oh both sides of the argument are ridiculous with like childless people versus ch- families I'm like, well, no, there is no two sides. Neither of these sides is a side. There's no issue here. There's no conflict because rampaging babies is not a thing. If you want to argue about how much of our taxes should go to helping families and and pay for schools and all that stuff, that's an argument. That's a thing that actually we talk about in the real world. But rampaging babies is not. No. Well, like Robbie said, if, if we could focus this episode on something else besides, you know, they're too absolutist if they had made this about something more specific like oh we need less money towards education or we need less money towards whatever and then we think oh what's a funny uh, outcome that could have happened from that that's what we could have seen a good episode about this not so much yeah it just says nothing and it's boring and uh, (sighs) please continue matt oh that's right it's my act i forgot so (laughs) Uh, the town tears down all the kid things. Uh, children get lightly tased when they act up. Uh, everything that was supposed to be for kids is now repurposed for adults. And this is a fairly long montage. Like, my clip was long, and then we get another two to three minutes of all the things that are changing and how the adults have taken away everything that was supposed to be for kids and made it about themselves. Uh, and then, in a extremely short act, uh, Marge ambushes Lindsay Nagel to beg her to change uh, her position on this because i guess Lindsay daigle is in charge of this opposition to families and she th- marge thinks that oh uh, i will take care of this miss daigle i'm sorry to surprise you like this but i thought if we met face to face we could settle our differences well let's make it quick i know you have to get back to your kids and i'm late for a skydiving massage i'll cut to the chase I brought with me the very best reason I can think of for what I believe in. Her name is Lisa, and I wouldn't trade her for all the sleeping Sundays and speed dating in the world. Miss Nagel, even though I disagree with your principles, I certainly admire your success. Well, Lisa, 
I would be proud if one of the eggs I sold turned out like you. Mom, I locked your keys in the car. Then wait in the shadows. Also, Maggie puked in your purse again. Poor me. All my purse is full of is disposable income. Sorry, Marge. I don't think I'll ever understand your point of view. Not even with all my free time. Then I guess this means war. With the most powerful weapon at my disposal, a voter-sponsored initiative. <gasps> you wouldn't dare. I've already drawn up the petition. Well, I'm not worried. You won't get that thing on the ballot until the November general election. No, the March primary. See, there are a couple problems. Uh, this is the end of Act 2. There are several problems with this. Uh, the main ones being that Marge doesn't come back with any particular reasons why she feels this way. Just that, oh, she thinks Lisa is a good example. Like, yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, I would also have to point out that a skydiving massage sounds amazing. Uh, that should definitely be a thing. Uh, but And then we get the opposite also from Marge about how kids are awful or whatever. But they don't talk about the actual issue in that, you know, should society focus on, you know, pro-family or anti-family legislation uh, or just regulations or, or promotions in, in any way. It's just, hey, isn't having kids great and all at the same time terrible? You could have made an episode about that, but you didn't. You chose it to be about how society uh, pushes for one of those one of the other of those things, but then you didn't support it with anything. And also the whole bit at the end with the the. the elections versus the primary that is so dumb but sure I, th there's it's there's nothing in this episode man. it's empty there's there's nothing this is nothing mm -hmm. this is 20 minutes of nothing like you you i've watched this episode i got nothing out of it there's nothing there's no there's like maybe one or two jokes that i i appreciated uh ralph singing earlier as lancelot that was funny i like that uh how dare they boo little, little ralph i want to see right We'll okay, see that. Okay. Um, but we have this montage of all these children's things being torn down. Like, they destroy an itchy and scratchy statue that actually bleeds. That's the joke, that the statue bleeds. They reverse the R in Toys R Us so that the R is facing the right way, and it destroys Millhouse's soul. Um, but we don't get... in For either side, we don't have a representative of the good and bad of this. Like you just said, and you just, we just heard in that clip. Marge presents Lisa as like, "Here's the best. Look at this little this little girl. She's smart. She's the, she is our future. This is why we have why we invest in children and families because you're going to produce people like this that are going to grow up and positively affect our society." But we never see Lisa face any hardship by what they're doing. Like we don't go like you show Lisa at school. And she wants to take a class, but then, oh, no, the class has been cut because of the new initiative from this town meeting. That's one example of you could do dozens and dozens of different ways you could show that. Show, I should say. Show that. Show it. Let us see the thing. See our characters impacted negatively. Why do we and why is Linda, Lindsay Nagel chosen as the representative of these child free people? Yeah, there's so many other more common 
uh, people, like uh, side characters on the show that they could have picked. I guess Lindsay Nagel is the the young professional or semi young professional that they wanted to go with. I like, and it's not that it's bad. Like, we also don't see why Lindsay Nagel is impacted so negatively. Like she's isn't she rich? Like what does it matter if there's a couple extra dollars of hers goes out of her taxes? I guess that would rich people do complain about paying any amount of taxes. So I suppose that's accurate. But we don't also she's not in the first act. Not present whatsoever in that first act. We don't see her impacted negatively by this baby riot. So she just appears as angry at kids. I'm like, well, maybe you could have the babies attack her or her house or like there is neither side is impacted by this. This is an issue that has affected no people. So why should I care? We come back from commercial, Matt, at 13 minutes and 39 seconds in. Like you said, you have a relatively short second act. Uh, it's mostly like some meetings and you know what I really like? Meetings and montages. That's what this episode should be called because that's all it is, is meetings and montages. So we cut to Luigi's restaurant to start the third act. For, where else would you go, Robbie? I don't know. Um, so we have... Uh, we start with Mel, I guess, on a date with Lindsay Nagel, but isn't Mel married? Maybe they're just friends. Sure. I don't, but also Mel is like the, is he like the male representative of this, the child, the, the, the. I think he's supposed to the childless couples, yeah. Okay. So we get uh, them at the Italian restaurant. They're eating a nice, lovely dinner. And then we cut to the adult, the parents, the family section of the restaurant, which is a complete nightmare. Attention, everyone! I wish to announce the formation of Papaskatan. Proud parents against singles, seniors, childless couples, and teens and gays. Papaskatag is also a disease of the brainstem. That's how I'll remember it. <laughs> to overturn these horrible anti-family laws, we've prepared the Families Come First initiative. Now, the first thing we're going to need is money. I'm so sorry, Marge, but I guess you get the bill, huh? Oh, for a love of pizza. Luigi Risotto. That's a me. I'm from the U.S. Immigration Department. Luigi's last name is Risotto, Matt. Yep, it sure is. So they thought, you know what's funnier than uh, one unfan- unfunny um, uh, acronym? A second, a one. less funny acronym. A second one that's even longer and less funny. Um, mm-hmm. Let's tell the same joke again, but not. It's less funny because they've already told it. So, and also, what's really fun to me, I love watching. I love, and especially in your. This is the third act, Matt. This is when we're supposed to be feeling the most tension. We're so the con. We're gonna have rising action. It's supposed to, you know, culminate in a climax. Where is it? What? Oh, there won't be one. Robbie, Robbie, you're, you're you're subscribing to a form of TV show that the Simpsons writers definitely do not subscribe to. Entertaining? Yes, exactly. Okay. I like I understand Simpsons is like first form as a comedy show, which not not really not many laughs in this one. But other than that, like I would also like, you know, remember Marge was in a monorail, like it culminates in like this crazy set piece with this monorail and there's danger. And also they're trying to hunt down Lyle Landley's on the run and there's all this action, all all these all these pieces moving and individually, and like they're culminating and showing why the no, we got 
Marge filing petitions and lobbying efforts, and uh, we get her. This is the Star Wars episode one of The Simpsons. Oh God, Ugh. you're right. It's it's boring and doesn't understand plot structure and doesn't understand character motivation. So yeah, you're one hundred percent correct. So she tries to lobby for people. It it goes badly. We get a long segment where she's offered money by the tobacco lobby. Yes, because nothing gets done without the tobacco lobby. Why they would give her money, I don't know. I feel like she should be giving them money. Don't ask this episode to make any kind of sense of that because you're not you're going to be disappointed. Um, but then, like, and speaking to that point, Mister Burns walks up and signs, and, and that's then what turns it all around. Everyone else, because Mister Burns is so popular. He's a rich guy, and people like rich guys. That's one thing they got right about this episode. The people do what rich people like do for no reason. But Lindsay Nagel, but why are Lenny and Carl just like it's just random? It's just a random crap. Just random. <laughs> Burns sign goes there, signs up specifically to for supple young organs. Um. So now there's a proposition on the ballot. Which very exciting, but maybe this should have been introduced maybe before like five minutes before the end of the episode because that's literally what's happening. This should, if there's going to be like, you can have an episode be centered around like ballot initiatives and make it like because, uh, what, um, much a poo about nothing that is centered around you know immigration and a ballot initiative, and it's a good episode. But the whole premise about like oh, and also what. What is, can I, maybe I missed this, Matt. I don't think I did, but I'm going to ask you just in case. Mm -hmm. What does this proposition do? Like, if it passes, what happens? Well, the thing is, we don't know. All we know is that one side is for families, one side is against families. That's it. That is why this episode is stupid. There's no concrete idea of what's going to happen one way or the other. Like, there has to be stakes. Like, I don't, again... This is not complicated. Putting setting stakes is like a basic level of creative writing, like in a in a story heavy, story heavy art. Any kind of story, you have to have stakes. You have to let the audience know what what is going to happen. What happens if our heroes lose? Theoretically, Marge and the family is our our heroes. They're our protagonists. Theoretically, I say that theoretically because a lot of the time. Feels like I'm rooting against them, yeah. uh, unfortunately. But if they lose, what happens? How are they? How are they going to be attacked? Like in uh, much of poo about nothing, we know. Oh no, a poo could get could get uh, deported, and we love a poo. We don't want that to happen. In this, families will whatever, and oh, but if they pass it, families will be they will come first. Okay, whatever. So we get uh, an anti-Marge commercial, and then Marge and Homer have some pillow talk. But first, Marge Simpson's Family's Come First initiative seems to be gaining steam, leading her opponents to counter with this commercial. As a mother, I love my family. That's why I'm against the Family's Come First initiative. Families Come First will hurt families, and I love my family too much for that. I'm Marge Simpson, and even I'm against families come first. Now it's time to do some coke off the blade of a knife. 
That ad makes me look like a criminal. Why did you appear in it? That wasn't me. Maybe she was you and you're not. How many kids do we have? Three. Wrong, lady. Oh, wait. The baby. I try my best. They ridicule me. They mock everything I cherish. Honey, this marriage is a partnership. When you fall, I pick you up. And when you can't finish the sandwich, I eat that sandwich. You're my rock, homie. And I promise this rock is going to weigh you down for the rest of your life. <clears throat> Honey, no one messes with my missus. I'll come down in those guys like the garage door on Bart's bike. What are you going to do? You just leave everything to Homer. And now, I believe you owe me half a sandwich. I always keep one near the bed for you. Yes, Robbie. Like, okay. That commercial, the anti-Marge commercial, is probably the best part of the episode, I would say. Mm-hmm. Probably. Um, but, again, there's just no stakes. And I don't I don't care, because I don't know what's, what is going to happen if a bad... Like, they say it's bad. Like, and we're supposed to... I, I think this episode feels very much like, oh, it's Marge. You like Marge, so you're going to root for her i'm like well no not really i don't really care about what happens like what does it matter if marge loses or marge wins like there's no stakes so i don't know um and like the pillow talk segments i usually enjoy and i think that it doesn't read the also the like this that scene does a reasonable job of establishing that marge cares about this but again i don't know why marge cares all I know is that, oh, yeah, she really cares about this family, families come first initiative. I'm like, well, why? Like, we have no, we have not seen a minute of, of we have all we have seen of it impacting children is the fact that the R in Toys R Us got turned around. I'm like, that's not real, guys. It's like your baby ride again. Like, that's not a real danger. Like, have Mo go into the school and burn all the books. Not that the kids would really care. Have him uh, go in there and destroy all the gym equipment. The kids would be more upset about that, but yeah. Or take it. Like, that's the thing. Like, things that directly impact children's lives, not a statue. I guess people get upset about statues. But um, speaking of, we get Homer taking over. And then, Okay, this is, I, oh boy, Matt. Okay. Um, Homer makes a pro-family commercial. Which features Al Jazeera and Rudy Giuliani prominently. Prominent Rudy Giuliani, oh, yeah. very prominently, like mm-hmm. over and over and over again. And who oh boy, uh, what a stinker! That doesn't age well. Um, not even close. Not at all. Uh, who who boy. Um, also the commercial's terrible. Like, there's just so much. Like, Homer is bad. At, it's a bad commercial, and the fact it references things that have aged so poorly, you're it. It just just terrible. It's just so bad. And the fact that like we had those a couple of scenes that like almost were trying to like it felt like they were almost shifting course back to making this make a little bit of sense, and then you just get this terrible commercial that's by Homer. That's not funny. That is referencing Rudy Giuliani aggressively, which no thank you. No thanks. You can keep that. I'll stick without it. Um, all and then, so, and then Marge is upset because Homer hasn't, he puts the wrong thing in the commercial and there's bumper stickers that are misspelled and they haven't gone out. 
Like, well, what is if they're misspelled? If they haven't gone out, it doesn't matter what they say, Marge. Who cares? True. Like, what does it matter? Well, she's just listening to the, the various ways in which Homer failed. I mean, that's great, Matt, but why does it matter in this episode? Who cares? It doesn't need to. Eh. It, there's nothing, there's no reason for it in here. It's not funny. It doesn't need to be in this episode, especially when the previous scene was all about how Homer and Marge support each other. Why on earth do you then follow it up with a scene where Homer fails spectacularly? Just to have Bart and Lisa come in and swoop in and save the day. Like, Bart and Lisa are barely in this episode. Why are Bart and Lisa at the end coming in to save the day, Matt? Explain that to me. I don't know, because what Bart and Lisa do when the the parents screw up, it's up to the kids. You make your episode thematically cohesive. When you set up the fact that Homer and Marge are supporting each other, you mean that makes Homer and Marge should work together and save the day. I don't care if the rest of the episode doesn't make it make any sense, which it doesn't. I don't care if it doesn't have stakes. It doesn't. It doesn't set stakes at all. At that point, moving forward, you have Marge and Homer working together to save the day. You don't immediately in the next scene have them fight into a terrible argument and Marge has a great big old breakdown because she thinks she's going to fail and then have Bart and Lisa show up and just do random crap to fix the problem. Which is what happens. Bart and Lisa show up. Bart and Lisa, and Lisa goes, I have, a, they have an idea. Bah, bah, bah. Um, and then they have an idea, Matt. Their idea is to have children swarm the adults as they try and go vote and give them diseases. Which I understand, Matt. I understand that this was made in 2000, 2003, probably, you know, written 2003, came out mm-hmm. in 2004. But when I watch it in the middle of a pandemic and it I uh, it doesn't seem too uh, OK now, does it? No, I watch it in the middle of a pandemic where I am having me, myself and many others, I assume, having severe anxiety about going to vote and hoping not to catch a terrible disease. Also, they're interfering with an election, which is illegal. So, yeah, yeah. I, mean, it... I know their kids are all, but someone will go to jail. That's the thing. Like, all of this is, it's not, like, it's not satisfying thematically or in the story structure. There's no, like, and, and it's certainly not funny because all I see is a people trying to go vote for something and then getting terribly ill. Uh, I, no thank you. Um, here is the ending of the episode. I love ah. you. I love you. such a sweet little thing. Time to destroy your future. Feeling fluish. Fever. Nausea. Child germs. No must participate in democratic process. I'm afraid the polls have closed. And on Prop 242, the winner is yes! For all their disposable income, for all their leisure time, they had no immunity against God's loneliest creatures, children. Looks like everything's back the way it was, which is the only way it should ever be. Great. Let's dump these kids in an R-rated movie while we go someplace nice. Can I bring my laser pointer? What do I care? (sighs) 
So there, there you go. Uh, isn't that yep. isn't that really funny? Uh, polling location being shut down too early because people are not. Not only is that hilarious, the complete absence of concern that the parents have at the end is just perfect. So yeah, and theoretically there are protagonists, Matt. I would would like to add that theoretically the family is our protagonist, and we should empathize with them. Uh, again, theoretically, I want to emphasize theoretically we should empathize with these adults but of course we don't we don't i don't care about anyone in this that's really the thing is like i just don't care it's boring i I should also emphasize that matt this episode is so boring because nothing happens and and the things that do happen don't have any consequences and don't make any sense it's not there's like a couple laughs but mostly this episode made me sigh I was watching it just like again, head on hand, just like, ugh. and it's just I don't. Ideally, when I'm when you're making a television show, you don't want people to go when they're watching it. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna blame them for all the terrible like the the ramifications of the lens of seeing this in the middle of the pandemic and the situation we're all in, but I'm certainly not going to make, give them like, I'm not going to grade them on a curve. This episode is still bad. It's boring. It's empty. There's no reason for it to exist. I, I don't know. Like it, I don't know why they thought this was a good idea. Like, Oh, let's write an episode. And it's John Vitti. He's a vet. He's written tons of great episodes. I have no idea why what happened here is it really is it this is it the go home at five on like go home on a he wrote lisa's substitute matt i'm well aware robbie i am sadly sadly aware locate fear i just it's just this crazy and miss mr plow like classics solid heavy hitting episodes and this is just empty we'll rank it at the end of the show matt Robbie, is this episode broken? Hmm. I don't know, Matt, is it? I'm having a hard time deciding whether it should be broken or whether it is just completely useless to ever have exist. Because my question to you would be, what is this episode supposed to be about? Like, Can we narrow it down to that and then we can see whether it's worth it or not? I'm going to say, one, it is broken. One, it is broken. No, you were right the first time with that quick fix idea. Let's see. Quick fix. Quick fix. Ah. I think the fact that we have to debate, like, how, like, what's wrong with this thing? Is it like, do we, what, how do, like, that should tell you enough. Is this a broken episode? Yes. Yes, it is. Now, does it warrant fixing? That's the actual question. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So, you know, generally, I think if it's, it doesn't, if it's not broken, it's completely useless if it doesn't warrant fixing. So you're saying that it is guaranteed broken. It's just whether or not we're going to bother to try and fix it. Right. And I think, like, I, de- I, like, I think functionally, yes, we, I, I, the quick option is no, just forget it forever. <laughs> Wipe it off the face of the earth. Who cares? But I think that's the thing is that there is an interesting idea here that they could pursue about, you know, families versus non, you know, single people, child free people, childless people. There is a plot there, an easy plot, a rivalry episode like there's Simpsons have done tons of rivalry episodes and they're usually really good. But 
everything about this is like why is roofing in this episode matt why do we have roofing Good question, here? Bro. Why why does it take so long to start this parents versus kids? You could have had such a an easier way of going about it, and they just don't. Yeah, why eight minutes? Like like I'm not gonna say that they should immediately jump right to it because not every episode does. But if you need that time, like oh we can't do it because it would take too much time. I'm like, well, you wasted a bunch of minutes with unfunny jokes about Raffy with a with a spoof named Rufy. And you're like, okay, I, d- d- nothing about Rufy is that funny. Maybe if you really listened to a lot of Rafi in 2004, you thought this was a hilarious parody. I'm not one of those people. Maybe all the aged parents on the Simpsons writing staff thought this was really cutting because they listened to a lot of Rafi. Uh, I'm not that person. Neither are you. We are, we don't have kids. So we don't li- I've never listened to Raffi ever. No, I have never, ever listened to Raffi. OK, that is what I'm saying. I don't know. I you I think, yes, you make a plot like that. We've been talking about this entire time. You have you have the the the, the child, the childless people upset about something, but make it concrete and make it real, not a baby riot. That's I think how many issues Matt over the, the over the past few seasons could be solved if they just made things like real life or realistic enough and not absurdly cartoonish. Oh, I mean, a lot, a lot of them. Yeah, that's the answer. And I think that's it. You just make it real life and you ground it and you give it stakes. And then at the end of the day, you can have Marge and Homer and the family win, quote unquote, and still have like that cutting end where they're like it, they kind of go back to their old ways where they don't really care about their kids that much, or sometimes they don't care about their kids. But you, in the long the way, you like you said it earlier, Matt. You said, what did you say? You said parent like having kids is both the best and worst thing, or right. something like that. And like that, that's what this episode would be about. You know, it's about how having kids is great and bad and how they do require a lot of resources. But ideally, you have these kids grow up and become important members of society and help us. But this episode doesn't care about that. This episode doesn't care about anything. And that's the thing. Like, you have to have episodes say something. God, they're so it feels like they're so afraid or just so lazy. It's one of the two, Matt. And I don't know which one I like least. (sighs) <sighs> I didn't, Matt, why do you do this to me? Why do I do it? You're, this podcast was <laughs> your idea. I know, but I don't, I'm not this fired up about it until we talk about it. And then I just, well, no, that's just the way it works. I get all this, it all comes to the surface. Um, There, we fixed it. It's not that complicated. Um, And make it funnier? Like, I don't know, that's a hard, like, that's the thing of the biggest problem is like, last week's episode was a huge mess, but at least it was funny. Despite the fact that Homer chloroforms a baby, but this episode there's like one or two laughs. Yeah, they're they're, they're not even like really good laughs. They're not even germane to the plot. It's just random things that happen nearby the plot. Yeah, and you don't need to if it if you can just like you can write random jokes. That's easy. Uh, okay, we move on that to our next segment. It's time for comments in the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt dot nerd dot obsessive. Come to the news where I look through the newhomers.net forum, see what people are talking about. Not people are talking about. What they thought of the episode after the week or two after the episode debuted. Um, pull some reviews, read them out. A little, not as positive as last week. That's strange, but 
a good. I don't know. I I think last week's episode here. I'm tipping my hand a little bit. I think last week's episode's better, and yet, I mean, so I don't like. I agree that it, this shouldn't have gotten, but last week's episode also got incredibly good reviews, and I don't understand that at all. But this is like mostly three out of fives with four out of fives. It's like a smattering of everything. It's very kind of mixed around. It's probably like relatively even. It's like a, actually this is a bell curve. This the reviews is basically a bell curve uh, for this. Um, are the let's see. I got a couple reviews for you, Matt. Got a handful of them. Gives us a smattering of the selection. First review. That was the best episode I've seen in years. <laughs> Robbie, why do you hurt me like this? Good lord, that song is annoying. I didn't really like Marge during the first act. She seemed to talk too much. I'm really glad that Baby's taking over the scene was not any larger than it was. It didn't seem silly and stupid either. Isn't Giuliani, Giuliani from out of state? B plus A minus. Uh, yes, Rudy Giuliani would be out of state of the Spring of Springfield, I assume, but who cares? Uh, next up, Marge versus crap had a terrific premise and could have been great, but its execution was a bit flawed. The baby right in the first act was pulled off a lot better than I expected from the promos. Second act was solid, nothing special. In the third act, things picked up a little bit with the hilarious campaign commercials. The Al Jazeera, Al Jazeera website joke from Marge commercial had me in stitches. In spite of this, episode ended on a sour note since the conclusion felt rushed. It wasn't really that funny. Overall, after my first view, I give Marge versus Blank a solid B. Had him stitches, Matt. Stitches, Robbie. Maybe brain stitches, perhaps? It made me want to give myself stitches after I bashed myself in the head with a hammer. That sounds about right. Uh, last review. I think they went way too off the wall for a laugh. This doesn't even feel like much of a Simpsons episode. Beating up little babies? Destroying children's things without much good reason? This was a very, very bad episode. One out of five. The season was nothing but disappointment. It reminds me of these Scully uh, years for some reason. For some reason. For some reason. It's not, there's not some reason. It's a very good reason because it's completely nonsensical and makes no sense and it's lazy and not funny. That's why it reminds you of the, <coughs> of the Scully, the Scully years. Because yeah. of all those things. Um, guess what, Matt? What's that, Robbie? It's time for our next segment. It is time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow? KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow? Our listener question of the week this week is, what is your favorite Flanders quote? First from Brandon, we have, feels like I'm wearing nothing at all. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Uh, from David, Ned. It's been 4,000 days since my last drink. It was my first and last Blackberry Schnapps. Ned, did you clip Ann Landers today? Ann Landers is a boring old biddy. Ned! I was more animal than man. Uh, from Benjamin. Stop it! Breathe through your damn mouth! Uh, from Alex. Hey, homie, I can see your doodle! Uh, from Lauren. I can't! It's a Geo! My family always laughed hard, and I had to ask what a geo was, because I didn't get it. This quick quote has so much sentimental value. And from Gun Griffin. I won't make you recite the whole bit, so just... Ooh, okay, dude. Wouldn't want you to have a cow, man. Here's a catchphrase you better learn for your adult years. Hey, buddy. Got a quarter? From James at James underscore Warwick. Now calm down, Italy, diddly, diddly, diddly. They did their best, shoddily, Italy, diddly, diddly. Gotta be nice, hostility, illity, diddly, diddly, all hell, diddly, ding dong, crap. 
Didn't you morons do anything right? No. Will I am. I mean, yes, it's Springfield. Will at Will's World Amen. I've done everything the Bible says, even the stuff that contradicts the other stuff. It's a very popular answer. It's probably almost yeah. our most popular answer. From Gene O'Man at Eugene R. McGrath. It must be little Lisa Simpson. Springfield's answer to a question nobody asked. I love angry Flanders. You never get them. You don't get them anymore. I think a lot of these quotes are from that because it's great. It's great, yeah. Uh, from Uncle Moe's Family Feedback Podcast from Tyler TMC. What's with the pipe? You gonna give my noggin a flogging? It's good. Uh, Sarah at Future Mrs. Reznor. Godspeed, little doodle. So that's that's a very like H.W. Bush kind of mm-hmm. feels like I guess it feels more like Dana Carvey doing H. Bush Sr. Um, Vicky at Vivola 13. And if you really tick me off, I'm going to run you down with my car. Uh, A.R. at Yes, it's Aaron. I've even kept kosher just to be on the safe side. Uh, from Jenny at Hippie 200. And this is Lord Thistlewick Flanders. Charmed. A googly doogly. It's very good, Matt. I love Lord Thistle Flanders. He's the best one. The best one? Even better than uh who's Mexican Flanders? Uh Jose Flanders. Jose Flanders. I like I like Jose. He's pretty cool. I like him too. Uh Lauren Elcom eighty eight. I'm feeling a mite peckish. Mind if I chew your ear? Zombie Flanders. Great. Flanders is a zombie. Uh, C.T. Hall at C-T-H-E-C-H-T-H-H. Bless the grocer for this wonderful meat. The middleman who jacked up the price. Let's not forget the humane but determined boys at the slaughterhouse. Uh, friend of the show, Andrew at the Andrew blog. Homer, affordable tract housing made us neighbors, but you made us friends. Uh, uh, Abby at Energy Turtle. If it's clear and yellow, you got juice there, fella. If it's tangy and brown, you're insider town. And also another friend of the show. Uh, Brian, who's wants to his he changed his Twitter handle to Theme Park. This is a good podcast, which that you guys should check out Theme Park. This it's a very good podcast, like he says. Mm-hmm. Um, his quote: "Are you the beer baron? If you're talking about root beer, I plead Gil diddly Gil diddly ilty as char diddly arched. He's not the baron, but he sounds drunk. Take him in. <laughs> <laughs> very good, Matt. What's your answer? Uh, my answer is, I used to turn to the Bible and find solace, but even the good book can't help me now. Homer says, why? I sold it to you for seven cents. <laughs> oh, Flanders, Flanders, Flanders. Yeah, I, I'm i really torn because I kind of want to do like a very like solemn Flanders quote that represents his character really well. But I just want to like, uh, uh, uh. All hell diddly ding dong crap. Can't you morons do anything right? Is yeah. Or how about I'll choose a different one from Hurricane Nettie. Uh, here I've got a. Uh, <laughs> uh, was it to Bart? Uh, here's a here's a catchphrase you'll need for later in life. Hey, buddy, got a quarter. I I always really like that just because it's so mean. And Flanders doesn't yeah. get to be mean very often. I am shocked and appalled. Next week's question. What is your favorite Marge quote? What's your favorite Marge quote? That'd be a tough one. You're gonna have to decide. I'll post this question on our Twitter. It's uh, at Simpson Show Pod, and you can email us at SimpsonShowPod at gmail.com. You can also answer it on our Patreon. It's a public question. You do not have to support us to answer it. Move on, Matt, to our next segment. It's time for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S M R T. 
I mean, S-M-A-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge is where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions, one easy, one medium, and one hard, and try and stump the other. We are tied, Matt, after seven episodes. 15 to 15. My incredible giant lead vanished within two episodes. It's all took. Two episodes. And it's gone. Blown away in the wind. Matt, what what is your... What, Matt? What, Matt, are you ready for an easy question? I am ready. In Itchy and Scratchy and Marge, what group does Marge form? I believe that is the episode with SNA, Springfieldians for Niceness, Understanding, and Helping. Isn't that a funny acronym? SNA? That's a funny sounding yeah, word. It's short and it means something. Isn't that hilarious? Instead of back, 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 uh, random crap word. Uh huh. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so as I said, all of your questions are from Bart Sells His Soul. What song does Bart sneak into church by changing the name and arranging it for the organ? To be in a in the Garden of Eden by Iron Butterfly. <gasps> okay, I was looking for the actual song. In a Gata de Vida by Steppenwolf. You are correct, sir. I know both versions. Thank you very much. Your meme question, Matt. What is the first volume of the complete handyman's bookshelf? First volume. Oh, uh, oh man, it is. I can see it in my brain, but the words aren't forming. Is it just spice racks? Yes, you're right. Okay, because I want to say there's another joke they do where it's the same thing, but it's like a something through C something like that. But I thought it was just spice racks. And it's huge. It's spice racks. Volume two is knickknack racks. Volume three is the knickknack shelves. Volume three is something ridiculous. Like it's impossible to build. I forget what it was now. Yeah. What's my meme question? All right. What entree does Bart leave behind when he runs out of Moe's? Bart, Bart. Homer starts eating it. Um, sp spaghetti and Moe balls. You are correct. I don't want to eat Moe balls. Thank you very much. Nope. No, thank you. Your hard question, Matt. What spices does Marge put on her pork chops? Um, okay. Uh, yeah, I believe it is rosemary, salt. Obviously, um, a little bit of time, and I believe there's a whisper of MSG. Sorry, Matt, that's incorrect. Dang. Which, what a miss. Which, this is a, you know, it's a relatively early episode, so when you look back at it and you see how she reacts to the spices in um, Mysterious Voyage of Homer. Oh, so oregano, obviously. Well, there's no oregano, but it is thyme, oh. marjoram, rosemary, chervil, turmeric, and... You are correct. A whisper of MSG. Which really, more than a whisper is appropriate for MSG. I mean, MSG, yeah. Give me, give me MSG. I need, give me that. Mmm, yeah. Oh, yeah. Pour it on. You weird people who can taste it. You can't taste MSG? I cannot taste anything savory. Umami flavor is lost on me. You're a weird person, Matt. I know. I am genetically broken. <laughs> anyway, your hard question... <laughs> All right. What restaurants does Dr. Hibbert's family suggest going to before settling on Moe's? Oh, God. Um, man. <laughs> there is a really long one, and then there is a shorter one. What the hell was that? Sorry, my phone made a weird noise. <laughs> um, Doctor, it's like, Miss, or Doctor something something, Cornucopia, Phantasma, Phantasma Mabada, Food, good time food, good time food drinkery emporium, something like that. 
I don't remember. I can't remember the exact thing. Uh, and then let's see the first one. Let's go to like the little kid. The kids are yelling it. The kids are like, I gotta go to, and I wanna go to. I can't remember that. I got the okay. good time food drinkery or port Doctor Magorium food time emporium something something something. It is face stuffers, the spaghetti laboratory, and Professor Vitae Cornucopia's fantastic food magorium and Great American Steakery. What's his name? Doctor what? Professor VJ Cornucopia. Professor VJ Cornucopia. I don't remember food stuffers at all. Face stuffers? Is that what it is? Face stuffers? Face stuffers. I remember the spaghetti laboratory. And I would also like to say, I would 100% go to a spaghetti laboratory. Oh, for sure. Well, Matt, we're tied. Still. No change. 18-18 after today. Uh, the, the, the tight race so far this season. We can move on. It is time for our final segment. Segment we end every single episode with. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is a part of show where Matt and I rank episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. Oh boy. This one, Matt, we talked about a little bit. I was, originally I was not as uh, angry about it, I think. And now I'm kind of upset about it. Well, I don't know if I'm upset or just disappointed at how stupid it is. I'm pretty upset. I mean, I'm going to forget about it literally as soon as we're done recording. But right at the moment right now, as I'm <laughs> trying to grade this thing, it makes me upset. Uh, it's an empty episode. Unfortunately, Matt, here's the thing. I've said I'm like I've literally spent the last hour or so talking about how this episode is empty and dumb and lazy. And it's still I don't think it makes bottom 30. I don't think it makes the bottom 30. I don't think so either, because that's how sad the bottom 30 are. The bottom 30 are that bad, where these this one is still, like, this is empty and bad, but it's not nearly as bad as those. Um, let's see. I, I'm i looking at Old Man in the Key. Old Man in the Key, okay. And then Mr. And Mr. Spritz goes to Washington. I know, I know Tales from the Public Domain. I think Tales from the Public Domain is better than this. That's true, because that, that episode had a purpose, essentially. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of cheating because it has the, you know, it has the three, the, the three, you know, side story kind of deal going on. But still, right. Still, it's more, it's just funnier, more entertaining even than this thing is. Is it now Mr. Spritz goes to Washington, Krusty is a politician, better or worse? <sighs> that is a very soulless episode, but I have to say better because at least it makes sense. Like, if you get past the original part where it's like, oh, uh, you know, why did the Simpsons want a legislature in their pocket? Oh, because they have a, a plane route going over their head. If you can get past that part, the rest of it makes sense. It's not very smart and it's kind of stupid, but it makes sense. Well, below that is Large Marge, which is breast the breast implant episode. I... Yeah, this is probably better than that because that was just. It's also that dumb. that is yeah that episode is also really dumb. Like it also makes zero sense, but I think it's also like more like an uglier idea. Like give Marge breast implants. Like blech. like it's it's better than that idea sounds, but it's still not good. I think that's fine. Um, I'm gonna I'm just gonna copy and paste this thing because I'm not typing this out. This is terrible, Marge. Yeah. Marge for single seniors, childless couples and teens and gays is the new number two sixty nine on our list. Right below Old Man in the Key. Right 
above large Marge. Um, now, Matt, we have to answer a very important question. Or, like, okay, let's let me phrase this correctly. Let me take the time. Here. Now we have to answer ask now we have to answer a very important question. Does it remain in the canon or is it fired out of it? The canon! The canon! The canon! The canon! The canon! Is this a part of the canon? Matt? No, for the simple reason that there's no point in leaving it in the canon. Whether it's there or not makes no sense, so might as well get rid of it. No, we we don't you know what, Matt? We don't got room for filler. Exactly. No room. No, there's no room for filler, all right? We want all killer, no filler. That's our official position on Simpsons episodes. And this is 100% filler, empty, needless, doesn't need to exist. Boom, fired out of the cannon, gone forever. So no, not a part of the cannon. We can move on. Let's see. Up up to the great episodes, my favorites. Lisa the Iconoclast. Absolutely, yes. Not even a question. It is core to Lisa's character. And it's a wonderful look at the entire town and its history. It's yeah, it's, it advances Lisa's character. It gives us Springfield world building. Has a great turn. Uh, a great guest star with Donald Sutherland. Great, it's a great Homer episode for that matter. Yeah, it does so many things well. Um, so Lisa, that kind of class, absolutely part of the canon. Uh, also got a tip that there is a potential Simpsons Cinema tie in there with a Murder She Wrote episode, surprisingly enough, that did in a very similar plot prior to it. So we might be right. We might be watching some Murder She Wrote in in our future, Matt. There might be some. I don't think I've ever watched okay. an actual episode of Murder She Wrote, but I love you know Angela Lansbury is great. So I've only seen her in old movies, but never actually watched her as a in her television show. But maybe that might be in our future. It's funny that we just happen to be talking about the episode this week. So, Lisa Iconoclast, absolutely part of the canon. Marge versus a bunch of crap. No, gone. Boom. Fired. Out of the canon. Into the sun. I really want to use that clip, Matt, but it's not from The Simpsons. Yeah. Well, you do what you can. It's a Matt Groening show? True. Doesn't quite count, though. I can't count it. Just because it's some Futurama. Um... You can find this list on our website, thesimpsonshow.com, as the list, which I have not updated in, few, in a while. I'm going to update it, I promise. I'll get there. I'm almost done with my book, God forbid. Um, links to our Twitter, to our Patreon, to our RSS feed. Love for you guys to support us on our Patreon. We really do appreciate you. If those who do, it helps keep the lights on, help pays for hosting. We really appreciate everyone who does do that. Our next episode, Matt, next week's episode is I Annoyed Gruntbot, I Dobot. Okay, I have some good memories of this. Maybe they'll hold up. It's a good Homer Bart episode, as I recall. We'll see if if, that, if that's actually what it is. Do you remember the other half of this episode? Not off the top of my head, no. It's when they arm in Tamzeri and Snowball 2. Oh, God. All right. Okay. Okay. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. But, well, uh, this, is the, this is the Homer pretends to be a robot episode, <laughs> which we'll see. If that holds up or not, I also don't, I don't really remember it very well, but I, I haven't watched it probably in years. Um, cause as I said, I graduate mm-hmm. high school in 2004 and leave home and I don't think I ever watched stop the, watching the Simpsons. Stop watching the Simpsons. So I don't, there's a certain point here where, where I've just never seen a lot of these episodes, maybe one time. Um, but we'll talk about that next time, next week. 
Um, that'll do it for us today. Uh, you can, let's see, before we go, you can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. My website is RobbieDorman.com, which includes links to all my other podcasts and links to purchase my horror novels. My newest novel, The Split Circle, is a horror mystery of an exiled American trapped in a small Eastern European town. Must investigate a sucker death cult. You can read it for free on Kindle Unlimited. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. Yep. Like, no one talked to me. I'm tired of talking. I, I've reached the stage of quarantine where I don't want to talk to anybody. No one wants to talk to me. We're going to call it the end. If you have a question, send it to Robbie. He will throw it in the trash. That's not true. I'll probably just, like, read it and, like, ignore Like, I'll read it. I'm not going to throw it away. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to. I'll read it. I might not answer you because I'm, I have a finite amount of energy in my life, but I definitely read it. But I don't know, man. I don't know if you've ever, I don't know if you understand this, but I can only get messages about The Simpsons, asking my opinions about The Simpsons so many times before I kind of just go, just listen to the podcast. Yeah. My thousands, literally at this point, thousands of hours of me talking about The Simpsons. Uh, that'll do it for this week. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. Thank you for watching this episode. Shh.